What London Can Be is brought to you by London Community Foundation, an organization dedicated to improving communities across London and Middlesex County. Welcome to What Lending Can Be, the podcast where we navigate our shifting world, shine a light on the issues our city is facing, and explore the innovative Made in London solutions to critical challenges in our community. I'm Diane Silva, Director of Philanthropy at Lending Community Foundation. Today I'm joined by Fraser McGuire from London Police and Aaron Clark from St. Joseph's Healthcare London to find out more about the Community Outreach and Support Team, a collaborative project that supports people struggling with addiction and poor mental health, which recently received a $138,000 Community Vitality Grant from Lenin Community Foundation. Hi, Fraser. Hi, Aaron. How are you? Great. Thanks, Diane. It's great to be here today. Yeah, it's great to have you here, and I'm really looking forward to our discussion. We're here to talk about your program, The Coast Project, that recently received a Community Vitality Grant. And for our listeners, this is LCF's unrestricted fund, uh, supported by LCF fund holders and donors. So, Fraser and Aaron, can you please explain, one of you explain, The Coast Project and the different partners involved and the role your organizations have within this? So, Fraser, I think I'll let you take that one. (laughs) Okay, yeah. So... Um, the Coast the Coast program is essentially a collaboration between four organizations, the Canadian Mental Health Association, St. Joe's Healthcare London, uh, Middlesex London Paramedic Service, and the London Police Service. And so essentially, Coast is a healthcare provider-led and police-supported model uh, that serves individuals 16 years of age and older, living in the community with mental health issues, and who are at risk of crisis due to addictions, poverty, and or homelessness. Okay. So for our listeners and people that are new to hearing about COAST, what does COAST actually mean? What does it uh, stand for? So COAST stands for Community Outreach and Support Team. And um, if you've ever seen us out in the community, you'll notice our very bright uniforms. Uh, We wear a more subdued uh, uniform compared to police. Uh, We have a bright blue golf shirt, typically with khakis. um, And the police partner is in a more civilian looking uniform uh, with with less uh, use of force options than the average police officer. And one of the, the key things Um, in addition to our more subdued uniform, is our unmarked vehicle. So if we were to attend a person's residence, we're showing up in in an unmarked minivan uh, rather than two police cruisers with lights and sirens on top. And so, um, oh yeah, go ahead, Aaron. I was just going to say the reason for that is, you know, we deal with a lot of marginalized populations, you know, maybe racialized populations and we really don't want to uh, trigger any you know memories or or you know past trauma histories uh, we do try to keep that in mind in, in our interactions and and really that is at the forefront of of coast is is to really i think fraser has already said it but meet people where they're at and and um yeah we try to be as as culturally and uh, emotionally sensitive as possible while dealing with these emergency situations or crisis situations, whatever they may be. 
That's wonderful. So walk me through how an interaction between the coast team and an individual they're responding to and how this might be different from a traditional police only interaction. Yeah, so I think um, it might be helpful to start with what um, what a traditional uh, police only response would look like. And in that response, we refer to that as a co-response model. So essentially, if there's a call for service for police um, dealing with a mental health issue in the community, we would usually have about two fully uniformed officers in Mark Cruisers uh, arrive at that individual's um, residence. Uh, and depending on the nature of the call, um, a paramedic um, EMS response might also be required. Um, and so essentially the police are there with the priority, priority to assess for safety and the risk of harm to oneself or to someone else in the community. They're there to support the individual in the best way they can. But at the end of the day, um, police are not mental health professionals. Uh, police do receive mental health training um, and are trained quite well in de-escalation. But again, they are not the professional. So in our current co-response model, police often lean on the expertise of um, individuals from the Canadian Mental Health Association. So whether that's calling out one of the mobile crisis response teams or driving an individual to the uh, CMHA crisis center or stabilization space, police have relied traditionally on the collaboration with CMHA to support individuals in the community suffering with mental health. Now that's an entirely reactive model. The crisis is currently in progress and we're responding to that. Whereas COAST focus um, more on a proactive model. Uh, so how do we interact with individuals before the crisis occurs? Or how do we interact with individuals to prevent the next crisis um, from occurring? So, so in, oh, sorry, go ahead. I, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I, go ahead. I, was, I was just going to say, so you're taking this proactive approach. How do you go about that? Um, that's where I wanted to jump in. So if you could just unpack that. Yeah, so in contrast to that police-led model, the COAST model is more of an embedded model. So we have a healthcare professional embedded within a police team um, and, and responding to some of these police calls for service. Um, and so that proactive piece is relying on uh, frontline police officers to refer individuals to our program. We're relying on referrals from our community partners in, in Coast to refer individuals that they have dealt with in crisis to our team. So then we can go out into the community, meet those people where they're at and connect them with the resources they may need. And so... Uh, my question, my next question to is for the both of you. Before you answer it, remind everyone you, the organization you belong to, and the impact that this program you're going to see uh, have on your organization. Yeah, Aaron, by all means. Okay, thanks. Uh, so I work for uh, St. Joseph's Healthcare Group, uh, specifically Parkwood Mental Health, um, and and. Uh, my, my kind of primary program is uh, assertive community treatment. So we deal with a lot of long-term, um, people with long-term mental health issues in the community, supporting them in the community of their choice um, and, and trying to help them live the best lives they possibly could. Um, what, what, I, what I think the primary goal or 
benefit, I guess you could say, of, of being involved with this program is, is really diverting, um, you know, a police call that would, you know, have a uniformed officer attend and, you know, kind of further stigmatize, you know, mental health in general and certainly that individual who's experiencing that crisis um, or, or situation that warrants a police visit um, and, and hopefully supporting them in a way that they don't feel um, more, even more marginalized than they usually already are. So that, that would be my primary kind of thoughts or, or certainly my own goal of the program, so. Makes sense, totally. Frazier? Yeah, and for myself, I've been, um a police constable with the Lend Police Service since 2017 um, and a full-time member of COAST since its inception. And just building on what Aaron said, absolutely, um, diversion from a police-led response to mental health, um, ensuring that we have uh, a response um, that meets the needs of our clients without further stigmatization. And I would just add that um, when we meet with clients in the community, uh, they have very strong support for police and they have a very uh, positive, on average, a positive interaction with uniformed police officers. But we do know that stigma within the community, larger community is still there when they see a police car and uniformed officers arrive at someone's house, they often could assume the worst. So there, there is that recognition that while we, while we have strong support for police among uh, members of that community, there is an improved model that we can build upon in reducing that stigma. So I would say that diversion and, and lowering of stigma within the community are, are two benefits. That oh, that's seen. excellent. Um, so when it comes to your approaches, um, obviously there's family involved or their community involved uh, when it comes to helping families support their loved ones what does that look like how do you go about that yeah so um families struggling with with a mental health issue um either themselves or a loved one it's it's, it's always been um very difficult to navigate the mental health system um, especially when it's maybe a first episode or it's something that you know has never been experienced before that's when often police services do get involved. So what we do is uh, we would intervene in, at that stage and um, support families, hopefully provide referrals to appropriate resources, not only for their loved ones, but also for family um, and trying to support them with any of their needs that way. Okay, now I'm really curious because we all know that mental health doesn't discriminate. Uh, it impacts anyone, any walk of life, right? So for our listeners, um, th like this may seem like a basic question, but I would love to know how you would respond to this. So say you are witnessing a loved one experiencing a crisis, maybe it's their first one or whatever. What should they do first? Is it call 911 or is it, what should they do? I'm just curious about what you think is the best response in a situation like that. Yeah, and I think it depends on the degree of, of the situation. Certainly if there was a safety issue for either their loved one or, or themselves, to certainly call 911 in that situation. Um, if, if there's not that degree of risk, what I would encourage people to do is to, do is to reach out to the crisis line. Um, they would provide to, um, you know, kind of immediate response to, to whatever that mental health crisis might be, and hopefully um, be able to provide 
uh, support through that that program as well. Um, that would be my first uh, you know, kind of thoughts in terms of supporting somebody in that situation. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And so with so many organizations working together in this partnership, the need for this kind of support is clearly there. Uh, but are do you see that we are moving in the right direction? Are you finding um, that you are responding to more cases or how is this playing out today, even after the pandemic? Or we're still in the pandemic, I should say, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah not, not the severe lockdowns that we endured for two years. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think from my perspective, I, I think there are more um, more cases coming to light now. It, I mean, it, it's subjective. It could be that it's the pandemic. You know, I've heard a lot of I, I've been a mental health nurse for a long time now. And, you know, earlier in my career, I remember people saying there's, you know, there's these uh, worried well who are hidden, who never come to, you know, their, their mental health, health issues really never come to light. Um, I don't know if we're just as a society getting better at talking about mental health. That would be my hope, um, and and being and and recognizing more that people need assistance. Um, I, again, you know, that would be my hope, um, as opposed to just pe- more people being mentally ill. Um, but I do think there are there there is a more need for support in the community. Absolutely. Are you aware of similar programs like this in other communities, um, or is this unique to London? Yeah, so the the Coast uh, program or, or Coast-like uh, programs, mobile crisis response teams uh, that partner uh, police with community mental health partners have been around for quite some time. Um, uh, Hamilton, specifically, was one of the first um, police services to adopt this model and subsequent services over the last two decades have added their own teams and built upon uh, the work that had been done previously. So when we established uh, the COAST program in April of last year, we really built upon the strengths of, of those services while tailoring our program to the unique needs of our lending community. Mm-hmm. And is the goal too with this um with this project coast is to also kind of address the bottlenecks with the hospital systems or is this just something different yeah i would say that is one of the primary goals of coast is diversion diversion away from the emergency department diversion away from a police-led response to mental health and we've seen great success in the first year that Coast has been in operation from April 2021 to 22. We've had over 14 interactions uh, with folks, um, including over 700 uh, unique individuals. And that's resulted in 400, I believe, 67 calls that were diverted uh, from a police-led response. And we know a lot of those police-led responses lead to hospital visits, lead to EMS being involved in other emergency services. So that is the goal that we're trying to achieve is is diverting people away from services that might not be the right service at the right time. So what about data collection? Is that something that this group is doing, collecting data? Yeah, it it is. We one of the important things that we knew right from the get go um, 
in, in establishing this program is that we would want to evaluate its effectiveness and evaluate whether or not we were achieving the goals that we set forth at the beginning. And so COAST has partnered uh, with a research team from Carleton University uh, to do a, an evaluation of the pilot phase of the program. And that evaluation is in the final stages uh, of being concluded. And so um, some of the preliminary results that we've received from that evaluation gives us the confidence that we're on the right track, that we are meeting the goals that we set out uh, to achieve, and while identifying some challenges and some some room for improvement that we can implement for the second and third and fourth and many years into the future. <laughs> so we're very appreciative of the work that uh, Carleton University has provided and uh, and will heed that advice moving forward. And now I'm curious, um, what is the sustainability of this program? Because I know we funded it, and I'm sure there's a few other funders involved, but is this program sustainable for our community in terms of funding it to make sure that it continues on? Yeah, so as as the COAST program, we're incredibly grateful that we've been chosen as a recipient uh, for the London Community Foundation grant. Um, and it'll continue to help COAST operate through our second year as our pilot phase ha has concluded. And we're really looking for that permanent funding uh, that we can continue this great work that we've started and built upon and serving a more diverse population moving forward and getting out and serving some of those marginalized populations that we know have historically been underserved by the conventional mental health system. Excellent. So I hope the listeners out there are listening and, and inspired to want to fund a program like Coast because just by what you described, you know, meeting uh, marginalized groups, uh, being culturally sensitive, uh, you know, even changing your approach in the way you you show up to these uh, visits and establishing rapport with, with the clients. This is something that's very innovative and needed definitely for our community. So I hope that the community... Um, continues to rally behind this. So thank you. My final question to you is what do you think Lenin can be and how can we get there together? Uh, I'll just answer that. So uh, I'll, I'll start, Fraser, if you don't mind. So um, I've lived in London a long time. I, I've been a mental health nurse for most of my career. I've actually probably all of my career. I've worked in a number of different areas. Um, I, I've often referred to mental health as the ugly cousin of medicine. Um, London has is a wonderful community and a leader in, med in medicine, and I would like to see that same kind of thing happen for mental health. So, you know, we have some wonderful uh, researchers here, Cheryl Borchuk comes to mind, um, who just are doing wonderful work, and I would love to see um, London be um, a leader in mental health care through innovative programs like COAST. Yeah, and just to build on that, um, we've seen that London has become one of the fastest growing cities in, in Canada. People are moving to London because of its world-class reputation, because of, it, of its reputation as being inclusive and safe and secure. And that's largely the, due to the great work of the London Police and all of the community partners that exist in the service sector. 
but there is tremendous opportunity to build upon that safe, secure, inclusive community that we've had and work towards it being one of the most psychologically safe cities in Canada. And I think that's what London could be. And I hope Coast can help us get there. Well said. Love that. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Fraser, for your time. I'm super excited to see uh, the growth of your program and it flourishing in the community. And like you said, I would hope one day we can be a leader in uh, psychological health um, because we know, again, it doesn't discriminate. We know so many people impacted by this and it doesn't matter if you're, you know, on the, you know, you know, mar marginalized or not, like it's it's just sad, and and we need help. And destigmatizing these situations is critical. So thank you for your work. Thank you for all that you do for the community. And I really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you, Diane. Thank you, Diane Fratton. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of What Lenin Can Be. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about today's guest, visit us at lcf.on.ca forward slash what Lenin can be. If you like this podcast, tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find links on our website. Thank you again for listening to us.